You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. This is your weekly fix of everything Minnesota Twins, with all the news, moves, and more. It's the Twins Hot Stove Show, presented by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Here's the host of the Hot Stove Show, Chris Atterbury. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. I'm Corey Provis, reporting from Fort Myers, Florida, filling in this week for Chris Atterbury as we continue to wind down the days here of spring training. Hard to believe that camp will officially end here on Tuesday. That's when the Twins will wrap up and pack up things down here and head back north as they get set for opening day a week from tomorrow against the Cleveland Indians from Target Field. So it's been a fun camp. The Twins are playing well. We've had a good time bringing you all the content here from Fort Myers the last few weeks here in the Grapefruit League. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to have a lot of fun momentarily. We're going to hear from Trevor May. A lot to break down with uh, a guy who's been a twin now for a long time. You look around the clubhouse, a lot of new faces, certainly guys that have a wealth of big league experience, but not too many have been twins for all that long. And Trevor May is certainly one of those exclusive guys. We're also going to hear from Bill Evers, the uh, Twins catching coach. He will be joined by Dan Gladden later on on the show as well. But a lot to get to on our show. Let's head right to the interview with Trevor May. And among the things we talked about was what I just mentioned, that if you look around the clubhouse, Trevor May is one of the longest tenure Twins. Is that something that Trevor himself is even aware of? I was conscious of it. It's weird to think about. I, I noticed on my own. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of, that could be either good or bad for a lot of <laughs> for a lot of twins fans listen to this but uh yeah it, it was i mean a certain a certain level of responsibility there's a certain way you do things but a lot of stuff we do things that we do now is, is a little bit different but uh you know it's important to represent the uh, twins organization you know from a traditional standpoint as well so kyle and i are kind of it right now you know i was talking with some of the veteran guys earlier in camp even guys who who are not you know twins and haven't been twins for a long time just about how camp is different this year and the word i've heard from players and even some staff is that it's been run very efficiently does this camp seem differently to you yeah efficient seems like a good word for it thing with baseball especially like as a pitcher there's just throwing and throwing off the mound and some fielding and stuff that's pretty much all we do uh, so, we when I was younger, there was just a lot of doing stuff just to do it or fill time, time killing. Um, and um, you know, our season's so long and the grind's so you know heavy on our bodies towards the end of the year that you know you just if you can eliminate a lot of that stuff, you could save a lot of energy um, and maybe produce a better product on the field. And so that's kind of the tack they brought, and they have data to back up what exactly is helping us and what's what's not necessarily helping us and we're just kind of all, all in on that so uh, camp has been built around that idea and 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 you know to the more traditional side of baseball it may seem like you know you're not working as hard or you're not but in in reality you know there's just been a lot of stuff that's existed for a long time that just wasn't that useful or helpful um, and I think that we're having a little bit of a a, a a renaissance in baseball where a lot of teams are buying into that and they're seeing they're seeing guys stay healthier and, and produce more. Now, speaking of the data, have you had a moment where you've looked at something, a pen you have thrown, 
whether it be with the TrackMan system, the Edgertronic, the Rapsodo, you name it, where you learn something that you would not have known otherwise without the data that's now available? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, seen some slow motion video on my, on my breaking ball this, this year. Uh, this shows how it comes out of my hand, which uh, my arm slot's a lot lower than I thought. I think it is. I always think I'm pretty over the top, but I'm, I'm really not. Um, and, and it's interesting to see what's happening, where my hand position is when, when the curveball's good and when it's bad. And, and I, can, I, can feel, it's, I always felt that, but now I know what it looks like. Um, that, that's, that's helped a lot with just trusting it. Um, but the biggest thing is just I've been, I've been hit with carry and spin rate numbers, and it's given me confidence to, to just uh, uh, buy into throwing up in the zone and, and uh, being okay with getting strikes up there. And I'm a very analytical guy, as you very well know. And uh, we now have so instead of my whole life pitching lessons or pitching, working with the pitching coach has been him watching and giving me what they see. Uh, now we have cameras to slow it all down so we can verify. We got numbers to back up. Why or why do I get swings and misses up all the time? I did it as a starter all the time, but we always wanted me to throw down because we wanted me to throw more strikes, right? And so, but now I'm now I have data to back it up, and it's not like a go out in the game and just try this, you know, because that's not a way. Like I was always apprehensive to do that because I had things that worked in the past, and I didn't want to shy away from them and get lit up. Uh, so, but now that I've number, that as soon as they say, hey, throw your curveball more because they're hitting X, Y, and Z off of it, and they never hit it hard, I'm immediately going to throw it more. Like there's, I don't need to go out there and try it. I already know it's going to work. In your comeback from Tommy John surgery, did you have a moment where you just you could feel physically that there was some stuff still moving around, maybe some scar tissue in that in that elbow, where you felt okay, that's normal, that this is a physical, but maybe even more of a mental hurdle that I now need to clear. There is an element of that that it was it was more so just kind of being a starter too when I was first coming off the rehab and getting some starts in. Your velo comes slowly there. Uh, slower because it's just not you don't go let it loose you're trying to go deeper in the game especially when you're stretching out and you haven't thrown many innings in a long time so it, that's why it takes so long mostly I think and that's why some guys tend to not come back is because they never get to the point where they need to let it loose for any period of time period of time and then I got moved to the pen and that's when there's a kind of the biggest barrier it wasn't even big I just feel like uh, the velocity wasn't quite coming back yet it was, it was close but it wasn't quite there I had a little shoulder inflammation and then three days later I was just letting it eat again in a game and it, the velo was back and it was just I was more more pissed off that the stuff wasn't there and that, that got me through it pretty easy I, I I, there was never a doubt that it would be there, so I think that I was lucky in, in that side of things. So some guys have have more complications, more hurdles to jump during their rehab, and I just I really didn't hit any snags. Yeah, I've heard Kyle Gibson talk about this, even Mike Pelfrey a couple years ago, that it wasn't so much the velo they were concerned about, but feel and command. Now you're back a full season, hopefully with the big league club from start to finish. Is that a focal point for you that you know the velo is going to be there, but now command has to follow? Yeah, I mean, when I first, again, when I, I got option for a bit, and when I first came back, my command was awful, and I was walking the guys left, right, and center. Um, but then I had I had felt it for seven or eight appearances in a row in uh, AAA to where I was just walking nobody, and then I went at the big leagues and didn't walk anybody pretty much for the rest of the year. So it's it's been, it's been, it came back quick, and that, those were all things I was doing when I was, it's the, like those are the step, steps I wanted to take if I were pitching. So I, I talked about this right when I got told I was going to get Tommy John. I was like, I still want to take, you know, the mental, mental and routine steps to get to at least give myself a chance to, to be ready to go right away um, when I come off the DL because 
you know you get forgotten forgotten about and you, you can't you can't spend months trying to figure it out you gotta you gotta know what you're doing so we did a lot of stuff in the mirror and a lot of stuff off the mound with no ball and just to just to be ready to go and I think it paid off All right, last one before we take a break uh, I think some intrigue here in camp is about the back end of the bullpen and who will get the ball in the ninth inning and even going back to an early subject about the data in the game that we focus on those those last three outs in the ninth inning whether the, you get the chance whether it's Parker whether it's Romero maybe somebody else Rogers Hildenberger you name it is the ninth inning is that a big deal or if you get a chance to pitch in the seventh inning in a crucial spot is that almost better uh, yes, it is a big deal, and uh, you know I, I've heard a lot of people explain this statistically. You know, it's not any different, but there's just there is an intangible element of baseball that, that they exist everywhere. And this is where I push back a little bit sometimes on on fully explaining things with numbers because they don't apply to every situation every time, no matter what. I mean, even if you have every data, everything that's ever happened in the game of baseball, something's probably going to happen this year that's never happened in the history of baseball. You're never going to cover every single base. So um, the ninth inning is mentally um, both sides. The, the approaches of hitters change. The approaches of pitchers change because you have less room for error because there's less time to make up for a mistake. That's just facts. So, like, I... For example, opener, the, 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 the concept of the opener, a lot was being said, well, what's the difference between closing and opening? Well, you have eight innings after that point to make up for a four spot you might give up. So you still have a chance to win the game. If you give up four spots in the ninth inning, you're probably going to lose. It's, there's, there's a very much higher probability of you losing that game, and that is the difference in leverages. Like That's why the leverage is different. Um, and just from that from that idea, that's where that's where any pressure comes from. It's just like you can't make any mistakes, especially if you're up by a run. Um, and and you know we know everyone's important. So um, that's something that I and, and in terms of me, you know I've I've been asked the question a thousand times. Are you gonna close? Are you gonna close? And a lot of it's for fantasy, of course, <laughs> which which I'm exp I'm, I'm experiencing more than I've ever experienced in my career. Um, but uh, you know it's not it's not like a starting rotation job. I don't even. I don't even know if it's going to be mentioned before when the season starts. It's just something that kind of happens. You get the, the opportunity comes, and it'll, the, the opportunities will stop, probably still be there for a few guys to start the season. I wouldn't be even remotely surprised by that. And that's great. Um, but it is something that I think my mindset translates well into. I was really excited to get the opportunity at the end of the year last year. I enjoy it. It's probably the most fun I've ever had playing baseball. And so it's... Uh, I kind of just like living and dying, pitch pitch by pitch. It's 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 exciting. So um, and it's when I asked to be moved back to the pen, it's something. It's a it's a job that I wanted to go for. So that's how I'm looking at it. But uh, but definitely, I feel like it's something special. It's definitely there's a reason that saves exist. There's a reason that the the role of closer exists. It's it's special. It's a special thing to do. And Trevor definitely has the stuff to be the guy to close out games this season for the Minnesota Twins. We will have more from Trevor May later on. We take. Three cuts when he takes his three cuts, in fact. But it's time now for our Killebrew Root Beer What's Brewing contest. Our question last week was, who do you think is the biggest surprise so far at spring training? And our winner this week is Travis Wilson or Faithful Wonk, the uh, Twitter handle for Travis, who answered, I think Ryan Harper has been the most surprising success story all along here in spring training. Even though he will be staying in the minors, he has shown us all how much depth there is in the system and he's put himself on the fast track to move up at some point here in 2019. So congratulations to Travis 
as he will be receiving a Killebrew Root Beer Prize Pack. Now, this week's question, with all the rule changes we have discussed throughout spring training, announced by MLB last week for the 2019 and then 2020, when it becomes the shorter inning breaks or the uh, one trade deadline, tweak to the all-star voting, you name it, which one do you find the most intriguing and why? So again, which new rule change that is going into effect in 2019 do you find the most intriguing and why? Tweet your answer to us using the hashtag TwinsRadio as you could win a Killebrew Root Beer Prize Pack. When we come back, Danny chats with Twins coach Bill Evers. That is coming up next on the Twins Hot Stove Show, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, right here on your home for Twins baseball. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. What if I could tell you when a wildfire was going to happen? Of course, I can't. But shouldn't you be ready anyway? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Probe is back with you, and the Twins, as we touched on earlier on the show, have many new faces on the field and certainly inside the dugout. Not just Rocco Baldelli, new to the uh, manager's spot, but also plenty new coaches will be alongside Rocco throughout the 2019 season. Now, some he's known in the past, including the Twins' major league coach, and that is Bill Evers, a guy who's been around the game a long, long time. In fact, 2019 marks the 44th season coaching at some capacity in professional baseball for Bill Evers, his first with the Twins, and he's standing by right now with Dan Gladden. Hi, Corey. Thank you very much. We're down here with Bill Evers, uh, Major League Coach. It says in the media guide, describe that. Well, basically, it's a a broad idea in that I'm going to take care of the catchers, the catchers who are in the big leagues, help them with whatever they need to do, take care of the running game during the game itself. Also help Rocco in any uh, strategic stuff that him and Shelty would ask me, my opinion, whatever. Basically, it's just to help everybody involved on the Major League team. You know, you talk about help uh, helping Rocco during the game situations. You having come from the Tampa Bay organizations, you know Rocco pretty good, so know his personality. And we're trying to find out what kind of game is he going to strategize. Well, I think Rocco's a smart guy in that uh, – he played for me in 02 and and then had a nice uh, big league career, but cut short by injury. So he's put in his time in learning 
what the game's all about and doing some scouting and, and did some major leagues coaching as well. Um, in-game strategy, I would think he would adapt to the ty- type of club that we have in that there's some guys that can run and there's a lot of power here. So I, I would think we are going to try to maximize whatever each individual can do. Is it important that Rocco get in some games? I think we saw it the other day with the Boston Red Sox about trying to manage a game in spring training and how important is that as to how you're going to maybe manage during the season? Yeah, I think the first game was that he did that was against Boston, um, how to use the bullpen and, and what situations he would do that. It's an ongoing thing, and I think it's good for Rocco to do it for the last few games that we're here in spring training in that he understands what guys to bring in and what situations. And naturally, in the beginning of the year, you're going to try to find out how to maximize each guy and and to the best of their ability to help the club win. You were Tampa Bay. How did you get the phone call that you're coming over to the Minnesota Twins? You know, as a a player, hey, you, you get the phone call, you've been traded, or, hey, you're going to this club here, or congratulations, you made the club how was it uh, presented to you well the you're smiling yeah the the situation happened Rocco got the managing job with the twins I called him congratulated him and then three weeks later I get a call from the GM of of the Tampa Bay Rays and he calls me to say that the twins have asked permission to talk to you to be on their major league staff I was on my way to the zoo with my grandkids (laughs) So it was an ongoing cell phone back and forth with Rocco like three or four times. And then finally, uh, the last conversation was uh, I asked if I could talk to Derek and and talk with him for a little bit. And then the deal was consummated um, within probably a seven-hour period of time, and I couldn't be more happy. You had worked with Derek Shelton as well before with Tampa Bay, correct? Well, I did work with Derek, and I also had him with the Yankees. So I was the guy I was managing. Derek was uh, the third catcher on our team, and I, t- I had an experience where we needed a roster spot, so I, sa- I called Derek into the office. Derek, you want the good news or the bad news? So he said, give me the bad news. I said, the bad news is we have to put you on the disabled list, but the good news is you're still going to be in uniform. You're going to stay here with the guys. and. And, you know, the opportunity, you never know what the opportunity is going to arise, that you're going to be put back on the, on the roster. And, and now Derek has 15 years in the big league, so I'm glad he kept his uniform on. <laughs> You've been talking earlier about helping out with the catchers and stuff. Is that in-game catching stuff? Were you also part of the catch-framing practice that the guys were doing during some of the bullpen sessions? Well, basically Tanner Swanson, who, who is the minor league uh, catching coordinator, and I got together, and he has brought these these ideas into into vogue, and, and we've incorporated it with the big league guys. But he's doing it with everybody in the minor leagues. It, it's a, a touchy situation up here because uh, some guys with experience have done it for so long. One way that we really don't want to get in their way and and be the problem. We want to solve problems and, and help them maximize the, their efforts during the game. So you may see Mitch Garver on, on one okay. knee quite a bit. Yep. We actually, this past winter, I, I went to Fort Myers. Mitch flew in for, for a weekend and actually did did some work with him, but he's also done some work with Tanner prior to that. He's really taken to it great. The idea is to maximize the low pitch as well as get the the high pitch, and the, 
the zone has changed over the course of time. Rather than east-west zone, we're finding more it's a north-south zone. So we want to maximize that low pitch as well as the high pitch. I like it. We talked the other day, and you called it the bottom feeder strikes. You're trying to get those, those strikes in the lower zone, so therefore Garver going down. It allows him to catch and bring it up, and also isn't it important that that umpire gets a good sight line to that strike zone? Yeah, and, and you know, you're shrinking your body so he can see over your shoulder. Uh, he's always on the inside corner, and you can present the ball to where he has a better look at it. And we want to maximize strikes. We don't want strikes to be balls. So if we give him a better look, there's more of a chance that that strike is going to be a strike. And you being a former catcher, is he okay down on one knee with a base runner on out there that might be a potential base stealer? Um, I I believe so. We've worked on it. Um, He has taken to it well. The thing is, we are going to be on that knee when... Guys may be stealing, and he can throw from that position as, as well. So he will be on the knee quite a bit. Mitch will. Asadio will also be a little bit. And you'll see uh, Jason less than those guys because he's done it for so long. Bill, you went uh, from a baseball player into coaching, into managing, managed with the Yankees organization. Some of those players, I asked you if you knew Mike Pagliarulo, you smiled, uh, you had him, but you also had a few other good players and uh, as your players. Yeah, with the Yankees, I was fortunate enough to be the AAA manager in 95 and got the opportunity to tell uh, just a few guys they were going to the big leagues by the name of Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Andy Pettit, George Posada. We, who are wonderful guys and to this day would, would hug me, you know, and seeing me anytime, and, and they don't forget. So that, that made it special. And, you know, during the course with the Rays, uh, a number of guys, I was there for so long, I got to tell them, being the AAA uh, manager for eight years, I got to tell, you know, the guys of Crawford, Baldelli, Upton, on and on, James Shields, those guys, that they were going to the big leagues. So I've been very fortunate. Good players make a good manager, so I was very fortunate. Yeah, to ask Tom Kelly about that, he won two World Series uh, his first year, uh, winning it in 87. You wanted to be a, a pitching coach. You were telling me this story the other day. You're a catching coach, a manager. You wanted to be a pitching coach. Somebody gave you some advice as to how to be a, a pitching coach and what you needed to do. Tell that story again. Well, the, the situation was um, I got let go by the Yankees in 85, and and Bob Kennedy, who was the GM of the Chicago Cubs when I was playing, said if, if it ever got to the point where you were looking for a job, please call me. So I was out of a job. I gave him a call, and the only job that was open was a pitching coach. So he said, you know, I think you can do it, and then in the long run, we'll make you a manager after that. So in 86, I was a pitching coach. But the first day of spring training, I went up to Bob Miller, and I said, Bob, how do you, how do you, you know, what, what do pitching coaches do? He said, kid, just have a sanitary full of baseballs, a bottle of water, and a towel around your neck. And when they scuff a ball, give them the ball. When they need a break, give them the towel, let them brush off and give them some water at the end and walk in with them, and that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Bill. Hey, Corey, back at you. All right, Danny, thank you. Good stuff. With uh, Bill Evers, we thank you for that conversation. We'll take a break, come back. Trevor May returns as we go three cuts with Mr. May next on your home for Twins Baseball. If you love them enough to barely sleep, then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Rich is just a really, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no, what are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Stove Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Time for three cuts and a great guest to be alongside for three cuts is Trevor May when we get away from the X's and O's of baseball that we touched on earlier on the show. All right, you got some new teammates, you got some old teammates. If you are trusting one teammate to make you a gourmet meal, then one teammate you would least trust to make that same gourmet meal, who would it be? We're talking, we can be any teammate ever? Let's do current. Dang it. All right, let's do Ever. That sounds okay, more fun. Well, okay, he's still technically being paid by the Twins, so we'll say, <laughs> Phil, we'll say Phil Hughes definitely makes me a gourmet meal. The guys, I mean, I've, I'm trying to get him to make a gourmet food YouTube channel, but he's pushing back for some reason. Uh, yeah, Phil Hughes, and then least likely, uh, Taylor Rogers. I'm pretty sure he can't make anything but a sandwich. His tuna sandwiches are good, but that's two ingredients, so the chances of anything else he makes being good are, are slim to none. All right, so uh, Hughes in and uh, Rogers out as the uh, leaf blowers going off here in the background, giving us some uh, three cuts ambiance here on the show. All right, you're into podcasting. I know that you have a podcast. You listen often to, to a podcast. What's one out there that has your ear right now? The Gary V Audio Experience is an entrepreneur podcast to listen to. Um, I listen to some political podcasts, but I won't bring those up at this moment. <laughs> uh, you know, Tim Ferriss's, uh, uh, the Tim Ferriss shows, a, another good one. Just just kind of food for thought stuff. Anything that's like, he just brings on interesting people and has them talk about how their philosophies on everything and the range of people he's had on has been pretty great. I mean, I know that's a huge one and a lot of people do it, but it's usually a go-to when, like, I don't know what else to listen to. Does that come up a lot, though, as we sidetrack here amongst your teammates? Do you guys talk about things that you're listening to, maybe away from music? Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys that listen pretty hardcore to podcast hildenberger listens to our podcast jason castro uh gibby and me you know usually when we're in the uh, in the training room everybody's just like laying on their lacrosse balls and and, and trying to break the silence that's that's usually one of the topics we go through that netflix shows all right cut number three last one what's the next up and coming game what's the big what's the big move coming up in the future uh, for all the gamers out there Ooh, new game it's really hard to see past the big fortnite cloud they made some good changes again. They retook the the top dog. Um, Apex Legends was a game that came out about a month ago. That's a lot of fun. There's a new game that literally came out a couple weeks ago called The Division Two. That's been a ton of fun. Uh, it's a Tom Clancy game, so it's hyper realistic, you know, special ops type stuff. Uh, 
Uh, honestly, it, it is up in the air. I, I haven't seen a much much hype for any new games recently. Um, but going into the summer, that's usually when. Uh, big release will happen. So I'm sure if you ask me again in two weeks, I'd have a list of stuff for you. All right, final 15 seconds. Getting back to Fortnite, who is a teammate you'd be shocked to see ever play said game? Taylor Rogers. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get him to get off the couch. So, But he's really good at pitching, so he's got that going. All right, he can pitch, but he can't cook, and he can't play Fortnite. Right. Good to know about Taylor Rogers. It's probably less he can't and more he's just not interested in it. Great stuff. Thanks, Trevor. Yeah, thank you. All right, Trevor May, great stuff there. We thank him for his time. Also, a thanks to my colleague Dan Glad and his sit-down with uh, Bill Evers earlier on the show. It certainly was a lot of fun. We thank you for listening to this week's Hot Stove Show. We have one more Hot Stove Show left. That'll be with Rocco Baldelli. He'll join Chris in the program a week from tonight. And then the 2019 season begins one week from Thursday. Twins and the Indians will be live from Target Field. But thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. This has been the Hot Stove Show brought to you by Killerbur Root Beer on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to the Twins Hot Stove Show, sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Discover your very own private island when you escape to Treasure Island Resort and Casino. With two luxurious new hotel towers, a full-service salon and spa, thrilling high-stakes gaming, a swim-up bar, a stunning golf course, scenic cruises on the Mississippi, a beach marina, a variety of bars and restaurants, including an upscale steakhouse and live music every weekend, anything can happen. What's next is up to you. Visit TICasino.com to start planning your escape. Treasure Island Resort and Casino. In the history of Twins baseball, there's one name that means legend, Killebrew. So when you gather together this summer, there's only one old-fashioned root beer that delivers that Hall of Fame taste to thirsty fans everywhere. That's Killebrew. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killebrew old-fashioned root beer and cream soda. Pick up a cold, frothy Killebrew root beer at Target Field. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killebrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Excuse me, Realtor? Hi, it's Karen. Oh, uh, Karen, uh, what's the house power here? The what? We use laptops, TVs, security systems, smart devices, and more all the time. We need major bandwidth. Ooh, you can get CenturyLink fiber internet here. You're set. Great. How? We're in ad right now. Just tap this screen to learn about speeds up to one gig. Service and speed may not be available in your area. Visit CenturyLink.com slash housepower to learn more. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.